0: I wanted to create something that was free to the world to show that there is a tradition out there that is worth looking at and listening to.
1: So in terms of a traditional Guernsey or Channel Channel Island Island sound,
0: how would you describe it? What is... It's quite, it, to me, it sounds, it would be quite f- akin to the French stuff. Okay. But also, there's a lot of English elements in yeah. there as well. Uh, and a lot of it is very unique as well. It's um, it's ident- very identifiable mm. as, say, maybe French or English. Yeah. But the actual material itself is often, and the tunes totally unique to the Channel Islands. There's a few songs that were collect- collected that are hardly collected anywhere else in the world. Okay. With traditional songs they spread mm-hmm. traditions spread like wildfire uh, fire everywhere yeah. um, and you'll get the same song sung in lots of different traditions and you can just tell that it comes from a different yeah. place although the song is related to the same source, as it were. Uh, and that's the case with a lot of the songs from the, that were collected in the Channel Islands, yes. is that they have their sources, you know, on, in one place that mm. is, uh, has a common theme in um, and is sung by lots of different places. But the way it was collected and the way it was sung here is completely different to the way it's sung somewhere else. And that in itself is unique
1: and that, and it's even different to the way it would be sung on the norman french norman coast
0: some some of them yeah, yeah. so some of those songs say if they were french and they they had a would they say they came originally from that sort of normandy breton sort of area uh a lot of them went over to canada and you yeah. have a lot of the french um, the mm. speaking Canadians yeah. who sing versions of it. Right. There'll be ones that existed, again, still in Brittany and Normandy, and they'll be slightly mm-hmm. different depending mm. on how people sung them. Yeah. And that song, again, might have come to the Channel Islands and the way that people sing it in the Channel Islands yeah. is different to the way that anyone th- else sings it. So the identifiable thing is about being... A, kind of as true to the source as you can mm. and trying to not dilute that Yeah. and that's where the written note is bad at putting that across okay. which is why traditional musicians rely on the oral tradition mm-hmm. so heavily yep. because if something is sung or passed down from one person to another it either formulates its own way of being done within the area or Mm -hmm. within a family yeah or um, and it doesn't if you note that down then those notes will always remain the same okay and it'll never become part of something you know become part of a tradition and it will it just remains as as a in a frozen state Mm -hmm. as it were it doesn't progress it doesn't live it's not used so a lot of traditional musicians much prefer to use the recorded medium as a form of uh, source material or even better face to face
1: yeah and then it evolves and it develops every performance or does it take longer than that
0: every every performer has their own way of singing playing or doing something yeah and it's kind of again, it's about trying to represent a bit of that mm-hmm. faithfully, but whilst also not denying the fact that you're a creative yes. person as well. Yes. So it's a lovely medium. Mm. It's, it's why it's always um, more akin, I think, to contemporary music than it mm-hmm. is, say, like classical, because classical yeah. music often, not always, but it's it's about the the written score, yes, or you know, mm. and. It is about the performance as mm-hmm. well and how the performer performs that, but it's very much based on the written score, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. a, it's a that's a different thing. Yeah. And so you can say that you know you can get traditional music that is performed like that, that is performed yeah, okay. from the written score, yeah. almost in a semi-classical way, and that's what people like Vaughan Williams did and people like that. They okay. took traditional songs, Bartok. You know, all the lot, loads and loads of classical composers Mm. took elements of traditional song, wrote it into classical compositions, and and they've become assumed within within that sort of classical world. But it's their interpretation Mm. of it, and it's that's remained the same. That's remained Vaughan Williams's interpretation of of, you know traditional music. The first recordings done over here and were commissioned by one of the dames in Sark in the 20s and 30s. Oh, right, OK. So she wanted to collect and mm. kind of preserve yeah. some of the things they did, so she invited a crew from the BBC. And you can buy the album of those recorded songs from the um, the Sark Société, which... Was put together on a. Some of the recordings were put together on a CD called Sark Voices. Yeah. And you can actually search for that. I have a feeling it might even be on Spotify. Okay. Um, It's certainly out there. I think it's out there digitally. Well, would that be the
1: first recorded or oldest recorded example of? Channel Island
0: Possibly. There's, traditional music you never know, somebody yeah. might have come over earlier and done it but yeah. that's certainly very early, I yeah. mean the 20s 30s is, a, is, a, is an early period yeah, for, for recording and do correcting. we know why she wanted to do it Um, uh, yeah, I mean there was a whole thing about developing Sark as a place okay. and uh, she wanted to do that, promote it develop it, people were getting really interested in that sort of stuff at that yeah. time The next sort of big collection was done by a guy called Peter Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Again, he was commissioned by the BBC to do a massive project to basically collect and record traditional artists of the whole of the British Isles. Okay. So he worked alongside other. Record um, yep. recording collectors like Alan Lomax a lot of people have heard of him, yeah. he did American stuff Yeah, uh, and Seamus Innis was it Heaney, I can't remember, Seamus Innes I think he was doing it in Ireland as yeah. well but Peter Kennedy was the one mm. that was doing it within the UK and mm. he was the first person to come to the Channel Islands and, and yeah. try and find things and that was in the 50s Okay, and he collected a lot mm. uh, but he didn't have the knowledge of French repertoire and song his yeah. knowledge was based more in English yeah. okay. British Isles sort of stuff so he enlisted the help of Musée National des Arts Tradition populaire. <laughs> and there were two, two ladies who were working for, for, that, um, for that organization called Marguerite Pichonnet andral and Claudette Marcel Dubois. Okay. And they were kind of like authorities on French repertoire. So a conversation ended up going back and forth between Peter Kennedy and them to do with the material that he had collected. And it took a long, long time. And the material was collected from all over the islands? It was collected from all over the islands, a lot from Guernsey, quite a bit from Sark, a bit in Jersey. The most frustrating thing about his collections, he went to Alderney and it was just after, as you can imagine, the, the sort of occupation. And he did collect some stuff from Alderney yeah. He said on his um, on his notes that there was scope to come back and collect more, but he never did. Right, okay. So what was collected hasn't, as far as I know, I don't think it's been put out there in public. Yeah. But it sounds like something was yeah. collected. All we have is his field notes to say that stuff was collected from yeah. there. But what happened is that the, the, the people from the MNATP, saw that there was more work to be done more field work to be collected so they came back in the 70s so it took 20 took like 15 over 15 years for them to come back and actually start to do another collection and so those are the main three bodies of um collections that exist Mm -hmm. uh but there were other small ones that happened as well Sark seems to have been a place where people collected songs because it kind of remained there for longer. So, you know, early 70s, people were still singing songs from memory that they had been taught from their parents. Yeah, And, uh, you know, were were part of that, what people would say, is oral tradition. Like I say, if it's written down, you could go to anybody and say, sing this, Yes, it's just written down.
1: But it's that passing it down
0: from the parents, the child and recording it these are the sources field work yeah. becomes sort of like source mm. material um,
1: and in terms of those traditional songs now what's the situation across the islands now? I'd
0: say the majority of these songs that, certainly the ones that we sing a mm. couple of them would be recognisable to okay. some people Yeah, but very few people and some would be the majority would be totally unrecognisable yeah. it's not something that has okay. persisted through yeah. the years. People haven't passed down these songs to the next generation. Mm. So it's, it is like a lost tradition.
1: And we can't be blaming it on the occupation and evacuation no. and deportations that happen. No. Because as you said, a lot of the recording was happening. I mean, I've got here, so Mr. Kennedy was, yeah, was in, in the, the islands 50s. in 1957. Seven, yeah. Yes, that's quite, quite more a, than a decade after the yeah, war. Yeah, and people were still traditionally... You know, they were still singing traditional songs and remembering them. Yeah, so it's, it's something that's happened in recent at, decades, yeah, in lifetimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, it, people always blame the war on yeah. people. Um, you know, the, the, the occupation on the death of Genesier as well. Yeah, I don't think that's yeah. a big part of it because you know we know that people were ridiculed for um, mm. for speaking it. Uh, yeah, if you're encouraged to speak it then you're going to learn yeah. it. If, if, yeah. it's, if it's got gravitas or weight or value mm. or cultural value or yeah. intangible cultural value, yeah. then people will um, treasure it.
1: Yeah.
0: But something was happening in Guernsey, I think, from the 50s right up until probably very recently, yeah. where these things have just been kind of brushed under the carpet, yeah. I think. It's not been a desire, would you say, to... Yeah. To embrace our culture in, in everyday life. Yeah, because I think there's been a there's been a big movement. There have been movements on the island mm. for people to um, perform it in yeah. things like the Icesteadford, or to put together groups mm. to perform to say like tourists, yeah. or you know to dress up and go for sort of uh, you know cultural exchanges with other. Places in Normandy even, you know, taking what they consider as our culture to there yeah. and things like that. But it, I wouldn't say it's been encouraged to exist in everyday mm. life or I don't think the yeah. importance of it has been stressed in that way. And, and as a traditional musician who's come from, from that, cult, from cultures where yeah. it is part of it, mm. the last thing I would want to do is dress up yeah. and perform it. It's always been a part of what I've done, yeah. or what I want to do, rather yeah. than something that I'm forced to do. <laughs> yeah, as if you're doing it by entirely by yourself. No, totally um, not. There
1: is, obviously, the people that are involved in Liu with you, and, yeah. and I'm guessing you've so, still got contacts. Oh, yeah. Normandy and yeah, yeah. So,
0: And the reason they were chosen is because, um, so Lelore put together this book CD, or... Uh, Consolidating all of the collections, yeah. and from that they wanted to realise the material in a in a, yeah. in a band nowadays that's actually working yeah. with traditional yeah. music. The only person from the islands is me. One is from uh, Watford in London, okay. and he's the guy who I you know he he knows more about the what the collections. Um, a lot about language. Yeah. He's made good attempts at learning all dialects mm. as far as I know from yeah. from Sark, Guernsey and Jersey. Yeah. His mum was French and his dad was English and he first right. heard Peter Kennedy's recordings on the radio when he in the I think in the Sixties, maybe, and he's been hooked since. And he's been hooked since. So he heard them, and he heard something that he felt connected to, being not quite French and not quite English, but somewhere in between. And he was, he became interested in traditional songs, and he just started to learn the repertoire
2: of the Channel Islands.
1: C'était un petit couturier, lamptydilamptydilamdelé. C'était un petit couturier qui était muni d'aiguilles. S'en fut en hôtellerie, lamptydilamptydilamdelé. S'en fut en hôtellerie pour y boire et y manger.
2: Et
1: dans cette hôtellerie là, lamptydilamptydilamdelé. If something is sung
0: in Genesier in or in Gérier, yeah. then it automatically has a yeah. cultural stamp on it saying, this language yeah. comes from here. Yeah. But you could be singing a reggae song in Genesier. <laughs> You've got your culture and yeah. your heritage yeah. based in the Caribbean, yeah. sung in a different language. Yeah, okay. So how do you tie the two together? Mm. Something to note is that the majority of songs that were collected on the islands were either in French or English, or they had elements of the local dialect. But that would happen by default, because a lot of the people singing the songs their first language would either be Cherzier, yeah. Secher, or Gerier. Yes, yeah,
1: so there'll be some words that slip in, and the accent.
0: Yeah, the accent. Yes. If not, they might convert a whole song into the language yeah. as well, yeah. and sing it all in local yeah, okay. song, and actually just change it to make it sound, mm. you know, so, so it's easier for them. Yeah. So, what's important is that sort of identifiable sound. One of the sad losses having come from the English tradition myself, is the when the collectors came over, they often ignored the songs in English because they weren't sung in dialect or they weren't sung in French. So why would you have wanted to hear them? Because the songs that they have collected and that the English songs that are recorded and in in the sort of repertoire are so unique to the Channel Islands, like there's one that I sing On Mm -hmm. the album called "Oh Mother Dear," and it's a version of a song that is collected all over the world, and there are versions sung in French and English. Lots of songs, songs sung in English. It is unlike any of those versions, and I'm sure there were more. I'm sure people were singing songs in English Mm. that were so unique to the Channel Islands, and we. Well, probably lost them but it's the same with French songs as well I think you could collect memories now yeah there are certain yeah. um, memories that might exist in people's minds about sound what was sung, mm, what yeah. was done yeah but these okay. people are getting old it's, it's a bit like collecting the language you know yeah Yes, yeah, um if you don't do
1: it, you miss the boat very quickly. Very quickly. Um but in terms of new traditional music then, what is out there?
0: No, I mean there's nothing that I would yeah. say is you know, like like that. I say so it's So is it it's, all in our past? Is it just a
1: case of recording and retaining
0: memories? It's very hard to define cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's kind of a subject and it's kind of a a thing that you kind of have to broach somehow. Yeah. And I have been asked many times are elements of other cultures now part of our culture? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, you, you wouldn't say to some someone from Latvia, for example, mm-hmm. your traditional songs are now part of our tradition. But if you ask somebody from Latvia to sing them a song in their tradition they could Mm -hmm. and that's would be the sound that you would hear yeah would define their culture okay so
1: and if they are someone from Guernsey
0: in response yeah how is that sound defined I personally think there are all the elements there okay to sort of start that and I think it's happened in other traditions it's not a quick process. I mean, these people yeah. have been doing it since the sort of 60s, 70s, yeah. and only, you know, now you could say there's a sort of cultural identity okay. of places like Cornwall, Wales, yeah. uh, Northumberland, yeah, I mean, a, lot of, a yeah. lot of places have cultural identity within sound, but it's it is something that needs working on. People think it's important, yeah. because is it important?
1: Well. Is it important to you?
0: And if so, why is it important, would you say? I think it's uh, important because I think a lot of people these days feel quite displaced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think having a sense of cultural identity can help you feel like you belong somewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: And I also feel like there's a lot to uh, be gained by being individual and not homogenous. As human beings, we want to be like that. I think yeah. that's why we're rebellious, mm. you know, because we rebel against uh, the, you know, monoculture, yeah. and we try to do something that's more interesting. Yeah, and and a, a great way of doing that is to to look at traditions. Yeah. It's interesting how, like, when the punk revived you know, punk came yeah, along, yeah. one of the <laughs> um, tr- one of the sort of Scenes that it went hand in hand quite well with mm-hmm. was the traditional music scene, yeah and you'd get that punk folk crossover quite yeah. quickly.
1: Well, obviously the Pokes,
0: the Pokes, Shane McGowan <laughs> <Yeah. was>
1: dying <laughs> a couple of weeks
0: ago. Yeah, but um, yeah. that's you, really what his music was, yeah. wasn't it? Punk and then and people, people like the Levelers, you know, yeah. blending sort of yeah. songwriting and and elements mm. of traditional sort of sound or yeah. Mumford and Son, yes. But you have to have a sense of sound Mm. to start with. And
1: and is that a way that the Channel Islands culture through the sound could um, develop Develop. by blending with other cultures that are here?
0: I've I've seen it happen in, you know, in Jersey, I know that they, they're trying to, one of the things they've realised is that by embracing the other cultures that that Mm. are there, it helps Define their own. Yeah. So, for example, within the language, um, the they they've held festivals of cultural uh, sharing as it okay. were. So, you'll get the Portuguese community traditional songs mm. and presenting traditional culture of Portugal yeah. alongside their Polish um, community, yeah. alongside their Latvian community, yeah. and then. As part of that, they have their Jersey community. Yeah. And what they find is that the, the meeting point mm. there is, mm. um, it really helps, A, solidify a bit of, to do with sort of cultural identity, but also encourage people to be proud of what they do have. And there is room for all these different cultures, isn't there? Oh, always, always. There's a classic line that Etienne, the violin player from Liu, he said, and he said, by sharing songs you uh, enrich your own culture. Music is a, as f- an amazing sort of bridge yeah. for, to, to different cultures and communities. And, and that way I think it's, you know, we mm. if we if we could do that here on Ireland, yeah. we could basically open open the opportunity. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bring me a chair for to sit me down And a pen and ink for to write it down She went upstairs to make her bed She laid on it but not a word said she Her mother went upstairs for to see But the door was locked and asleep was she the father returned at home and asking for his daughter dear he...